Probably science. I am Andy Wood. With me is Matt Kirshen. Hey, how's it going? I'm glad you're back. I'm glad to be back. This is a uh, we 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 did an episode separate for a bit. That I feel a... like this was a, it was a trial separation. I didn't like it. I didn't it, like it. it felt one weird. Bit. It felt uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, it was strange. Not, not even Jesse was there. It was really strange. You had to hear. Uh, I, I I felt like it was. It, Okay, this is super condescending, but I, I felt like like watching a child. Uh, <laughs> it's very already <laughs> very, con- already very con- there's condescending. There's no way for there's this no way. to be condescending. I'm going to stop it right now. <laughs> felt like a child doing a podcast. What you <laughs> watching, you know, watch. I felt like I wasn't the child. Listen, I'm the. Par- I'm an asshole. Uh, the training <laughs> wheels were off. I saw you speed off into the into the horizon, here's and the there was nothing I could do. But you're on your you have to fly on your. I pushed you out of the nest <laughs> as if I built you. Oh, I'm the worst. I'm the worst. But I'm listening to the whole thing, and I'm like, oh, is it going to be? And it was great. It was amazing. Well, of course, you. it was great. But it was a, an but, apt. The main reason, because you've done episodes without me in the past, but. I don't know how to use the equipment, how to do the recording. <laughs> That's the only thing that I bring. I'm like the uh, the Brett Michaels of this, who was only the lead singer of Poison. <laughs> this is true. I think he was the lead singer of Poison because he had he had a PA. <laughs> so his friends had a band. Like, well, I guess we gotta let Brett in because he's got the equipment. <laughs> that's that's what I bring to this podcast is a, a mixer. You bring yeah. the equipment you and great- repartee. Yeah, no, um, no, you were great, and it was awesome to hear. Doctor Jim was fascinating. I thought it was a Dr. great episode. Doctor Jim was cool. Yeah, Doctor uh, Jim and the physics of superheroes. Yeah, Doctor Jim Kakelius. I loved the talk about uh, neuroscience more than that. Even yeah, that's uh, interesting. The fact that he's a solid state physicist, but he's pairing up with neuroscientists. Yeah, and just even the idea hadn't occurred to me until listening t- until he said it. But the fact that neuroscience is still such a stumbling through the darkness trying to find right? out what works science that they're just pairing up with anyone in any other field like they're yeah, just yeah they're working with physicists and chemists and other biologists and just everything they can to try and like find a type of science that makes sense of the crazy results that they have yeah uh, the, the biggest holy shit moment of the podcast for me was when he talked about and this doesn't doesn't seem like that big of an epiphany but when he talked about how we can only ever apply whatever our highest technology technology is as the analogy for how the brain works it's like now we think about it as like a computer and earlier on we would have thought about it as as working like a steam engine or something yeah so like it's a sundial or a stick <laughs> i really I, I mean until i heard that i was thinking like oh of course the, the brain is like a computer but just like a, a, a better faster one but like no it's just all we can bring to this is whatever we've created as the analogy for it as but the it's, most sophisticated piece of technology we currently possess yeah so it tells very... you like, how far are we from actually getting to the point that we can accurately model what yeah. the brain is like we have no idea that was a lovely penny drop moment um, yeah. before he uh, <laughs> before we introduce I guess one a uh, little bit of housekeeping we've got a, a thank you to uh, Kirsty Chestnut for a donation that was very nice a very of you, kind Kirstie. donation thank you for that and um, as always if you do want to support the podcast financially uh, if you go to probablyscience.com there's a little donate button um, and if you just want to pr- uh, support it for no charge whatsoever then go on iTunes and comment and write nice things about us and give us nice ratings and tell your friends yeah. uh, and spread the word. And That's we as good as a donation. Al- almost as good as almost a donation. Almost as good as a donation, but not quite. Thank you, Kirsty. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and also, as always, follow us on Twitter at ProbablyScience and tweet us or email us probablyscience at gmail.com with any corrections, comments, clarifications. I think mm-hmm. we should get on to introducing our guests. We should. Uh, sat opposite me, first of all, uh, my Super Bowl watching yeah. Fana Killing Watson. <laughs> 
Hello. We, got, we watched the Super Bowl together in San Francisco. Yeah, I was in San Francisco watching Super Bowl with a British guy and, a, and a, an Irish chick and, and a, a Canadian. Our friends of the show, American. Glenn Will and Lady Carol. <laughs> yeah. So you had to explain that uh, if, if you throw it from behind this line, it's worth three points. And uh, if it's... Uh, no, I know nothing about yeah. the Super Bowl. I was just there. I was like, they'll probably buy me some beers. This will be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and that happened. We got we got mightily drunk, and Glenn explained the game to us, and everyone yes. got excited because it was in San Francisco, uh, and San Francisco were losing very badly, and Horribly. then they had a bit of an impressive comeback, so it got very exciting. And then all the lights went out. And then all the lights went out. And didn't someone start singing in the bar? Anyways, people sang in the bar. That was the thing that happened. So when we the had lights go out nice. in the city. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, it was just a tribute to Journey, right? That's yeah, what that's right. about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. in San Francisco area. <laughs> also, nice. a very funny comedian, I should point out, right? Ah, as opposed yes. to just Thank person I watched a football game with. Uh, you're visiting town right now from San Francisco. Also visiting us this week from Portland, Oregon, is uh, Bridgetown Comedy Festival co-producer Charlene Conley. Hi. And host of the great podcast on dating and drinking in Portland called Patio Patty No. That's correct. I had oh, to clarify earlier, I thought for a while that you were uh, still sort of keeping up the pretense of not letting on what your mm. names were the podcast mm-hmm. because you and three friends go through stories of your dating lives and some of you use pseudonyms that's correct yeah. we use pseudonyms and what i've learned uh through that podcast is the more i drink the more i forget my pseudonym <laughs> and just call myself by my own name so you'd be uh, the worst spy yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know or stripper sure they gotta keep up they gotta keep up those fake names it's complicated yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well thank you for coming i'm glad you're down here for what, another month or so in LA. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's uh, been a good time so far. We'll see. You're going to a goth party after this recording? I am indeed. And I'm wearing a Beastie Boys t-shirt, so I think I'm underdressed. I don't know. I was going to say, you could not be less dressed for a goth party. You're currently wearing like light blue jeans, Uh a light, like a pale green Beastie Boys t-shirt, and bright pink sunglasses. They're hyper color, so there's that. (laughs) There's no black at all. Just like a goth. Wow. I don't know what that means. (laughs) They do, rapidly. They go from white to dark red instantly. They're not meant to be in the Mm -hmm. sun. Just like my sunglasses yeah. yeah i didn't know hypercolor is still making I, things but you have I. to get them from a vintage yeah. shop well i bought them from uh patty's diner in st john's oregon for one dollar wow uh, it's nice. a diner slash uh costume shop <laughs> slash uh uh pharmacy slash uh where the sasquatch club meets to discuss <laughs> see this is what we gotta talk about portland awesome. this is so poor mm. st john's is a neighborhood in portland if it listeners indeed. don't know yeah, yeah. portland uh-huh. That is that's so Portland. The Sasquatch that's... Club. I it... will fully admit that I was fascinated with the Sasquatch when I first uh, moved to Oregon, but I have never had the guts to go to that meeting because I know that I will just laugh. And, <laughs> as you'll learn on this <laughs> podcast, I have a very loud laugh, and it just would be rude. <laughs> Wait, is it like once a week or once a month? It's once a week. That's awesome. Yeah, and there's all these books that they have there, and the books are fascinating because you read them, and they're clearly written by people who are not scientists. Uh, yeah. and really, say, what was the clue to that? Uh, the fact that they're the Sasquatch uh, Club. <laughs> Maybe, uh, but one passage on one book uh, was like, uh, he was like, and um, at that point, I discovered that there was a Sasquatch sighting. Also in the news was uh, a bunch of animals got out of the zoo. However... Nobody could prove that the gorilla had been seen there. Therefore, <laughs> fact, <laughs> it was Sasquatch. <laughs> Sounds like a legit argument. Yeah, yeah. right. But they you put, can't you can't disprove it. So it was Sasquatch. Burden of proof <laughs> on the people who. Mm-hmm. S- That's correct. Yep. Science. That's amazing. <laughs> Did you know anybody who was involved in the Sasquatch gang when that was being filmed around Portland? I didn't. You no. did. Did you hear about that yeah. though? When it was the yeah. directors of Napoleon Dynamite made a movie that I think is about that that world kind of. Yes. I mean, not not a documentary, obviously. Right. But, uh, yeah. 
Because uh, Sasquatch is not real. So, not <laughs> well, you could do a documentary about the people looking for them, which would be, I would watch that. There probably I don't is believe even like they are real. They, they may not be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe. I, has I don't anyone ever seen a Sasquatch I'm not hunter? entirely convinced that Portland is real. <laughs> <laughs> I lived there for eight years, and I don't know for certain yeah. that it's a real place. Yeah. There's some crazy things. So, yeah. anyhow. So, usually before we get into the actual stories, we ask our guests if they have any science background. No obligation to. It's fine if you don't. But uh, we like to find out about what your schooling was like, if you had an, an affinity for any of the sciences. or. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. either Colleen. Uh, I have a Bachelor's of Science in Biopsychology. Oh, well, then that's well, way more that than. That instantly puts you in yeah. like the top three most sciencey guests. <laughs> After the actual science, I've forgotten all of it. Yep, uh, it just sounds impressive when I say it. it. Was hey, bio, bio, what was it again? Biopsychology. Bio- what psychology. is biopsychology? Bio- it's just biology and psychology. So a lot of like neuroanatomy and neuropharmacology. Yeah. So you understood the podcast from last week when he was talking about neuroscience. Had you listened to <laughs> exactly? Okay. Yes, yes. It was. I was trying answer. to read your all of it. Was it was well done? Well done. Yes. Very brainy. There were brains involved. Yes, I, I thought the the people were were talking well. Good, good. <laughs> so biopsychology bio- is that bio-psychology, right? Biopsychology. Yeah. So uh, was the hope that you would eventually become a full uh, full on psychiatrist and be able to prescribe oh, bio- brain bio- drugs I thought or it like neuroscientist that. I thought neuroscientist. yeah neuroscientist like biochemists but uh, yeah. I'm I don't have that kind of drive yeah. to go to more schooling so it was just that and then went straight into marketing oh so. not to market drugs though no oh, okay. no wait so psychiatrists can prescribe drugs but they wouldn't actually know much about Psych- no no psychiatrists are, are actually doctors. doctors yeah and they can prescribe drugs yes yeah, yeah. That's the psychologists they wouldn't, can't but a psychiatrist probably wouldn't be involved in, in studying any of the actual micro level ways that the drugs actually affect your brain they would just know that someone else has developed this no that would probably be like some pharmacologist or something right mm-hmm. okay. uh, they might have taken some classes in like neuropharmacology which goes pretty deep into like cellular how they affect like drugs affect them so uh-huh. but that's the thing like unlike a psych- psychologist trained from scratch but a psychiatrist is a special specialization of medicine right right so they do a full doctor's qualification first and then a residency like, in psychology yeah so in the same way someone might then become uh, a, um, an osteopath or is osteopathy no osteopathy isn't rather um, I'm just trying to think like, of how much of a connection there would be between a neuroscientist and a psychiatrist what's that I'm just trying to think of how much knowledge overlap there might be between like a neuroscientist and a psychiatrist and I'm guessing not much I am Dude, in no way. I don't know why I'm asking would you. Would one this. be in practice and one would be in? That's research. what I was right. Like, yeah, I get that a psychiatrist is a medical doctor, but yeah. sees therapists can prescribe drugs. But I'm, I'm wondering how much they would know about the very suspect, micro level. I suspect at the research level they work together. Again, in the same way that you know there there are doctors who specialize in actually treating patients, and there are doctors who specialize on the research side of things. Right, and spend half point. their time in the lab. Oh, I don't know shit about medicine. I'm sorry. Any listeners listening to this who are in these fields, feel I free to write we in. I want to hear, we're going to hear something. We apologize now. Yeah. <laughs> so biopsychology and then marketing instead. Yeah. What did you market when you... Uh, history books. Really? Oh. <laughs> were they revisionist history, but were they like uh, creation? Was it hard? Were they, was it difficult? That'd be awesome. I went from biopsychology to creationist <laughs> history because, you know, you're going to yeah. find God eventually. Uh, no, it's just history books. It was just a job that took me. I just needed a job. Oh, okay. Wasn't so. it all related? This wasn't like a new career path you were pursuing. That no, was it was. Be, just, uh, I just desperately needed a job. Uh, you got to do that sometimes. Yeah. yeah. I just, I've done nothing with my degree whatsoever. Did so. your parents care about that? Nah. They, they never? No. Because, I mean, you? I paid for my own college, so it wasn't like. Oh, wow. 
Well, I'm still paying for my own college. <laughs> I'm in the process of paying for my I'm own college. Yeah. So were there any, um, besi- like, how did you decide earlier on in either high school or college that you wanted to get into that major, even though you didn't? I think I dated a guy that was a biology major, and then he dumped me, and I wanted to one-up him. Ah, that's a great reason. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's horrible, but I think that's the truth. So you were just, Where as a, as a freshman in college, you had no idea what you wanted to do. I had no idea. You what... dated this guy, he broke your heart, fuck you, I'm going to do you one better. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's basically what it is, yeah. Yeah, it's probably just as valid as anybody's choice of majors. Sure, I feel like, yeah. you know, like I, I don't even know why I chose mine. I, I, I wish I had a reason that good. I know. I wish yeah. I was like I just I love science and like helping people, but no, it was just like just, fuck that just dude. Out of spite. Wait, can we? Yes, yeah, so you can say whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, we should have said that at the beginning. Wait, was that concerned about language or the fact that that dude might be listening? Because I can't no, he, guarantee he doesn't. He's listen. not listening because I'm pretty sure he like all of a sudden went back into Christ and all that stuff. So oh. unless you guys have a lot of Christian followers, we might have some Christian followers. Well, fuck that dude. Yeah. <laughs> Hang on, now you're talking about fuck that dude, that, you know, like your that ex-boyfriend dude, like, or Christ? Jay. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can't Jay condone or, that, yeah. I don't think. I don't, okay. uh, I'm talking about the ex-boyfriend. I'm sure Christ was a very nice man. He seems like he Is was. the ex-boyfriend Christ? Or? <laughs> I'm not that old. That's just me. Biocarpentry? Was that a field anybody would have studied? I don't know if that was a thing. So, Charlene, what was your background, if any, in the sciences? Um, I do have a Bachelor of Science degree in uh, history. So, so she might have been marketing yeah, uh, the Wait, books you can you... get a Bachelor's of Science in History? Yeah, that's what it was. It was uh, education, specifically. But that's, uh, I've got a Bachelor of Arts in Mathematics. <laughs> yeah, see, it doesn't make any sense. Wow. It's crazy. Uh, but when I first moved to Oregon, I got a job uh, uh, teaching what we in the education uh, sect call Hoods in the Woods. <laughs> uh, where, where you take the inner city kids out to the woods. and uh, I Slaughter them? them. Uh, nope, I taught them physical science, oh, uh, so we did better. experiments, oh. um, and also we worked for Parks and Rec, so they spent half the day uh, with me teaching them the facets of science, and then the other half of the day pulling ivy from the parks around Portland. Wait, and this was an unpaid thing that was supposedly to benefit these kids? Actually, no. Uh, it was a punishment. I got paid, and they got paid, and they got a uh, credit. In, oh. So instead of going to summer school, they could go get paid, work, get work experience, uh, drive the short bus to uh, Forest nice. Park. The uh, largest municipal park in the, in the United States, That is true. Yeah. Yes, that is true. Has a severe English IV problem. I blame you. <laughs> yeah. Come over here, bring your eyes. What do you have to say for yourself, Matt? Um, yeah, uh, and also we would like hike way up into the into the tracks of uh, Forest Park, uh, there. miles and miles, and pull ivy. And uh, while we were back there, it was a uh, you have to leave no trace, right? And so I have a group of fifteen uh, black youth who have never been camping or hiking. Uh, so just getting them there was a little bit of a feat. Uh, uh-huh. And then uh, to convince them that they had to uh, dig their own hole uh, to pee and poop in. Oh. Uh, but you have to dig a hole to pee in? Thing of an adventure. Really? No. But uh, <laughs> You're supposed to, theoretically. But, yeah, theoretically. I and, think I could probably yeah. pee with enough force that it digs the hole for me. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, so I created Wait, a wait. Sh- this was in, in Forest Park? In Forest Park, yeah. You could get so deep in the park you would have to dig it a hole. It would take us like to- 40 minutes to hike back to where we needed to go. Wow, because uh, the bus has to park somewhere. Like yeah. the bus couldn't park anywhere. It's I just a did, short I, bus. I just never occurred to me. I've been in that park. I just never thought about the fact that yeah. if I had to go, I would be obligated to 
dig uh-huh. a hole instead sure. of going to find somewhere. Uh, I, they handed me a shovel. Uh, I put a little face on it, and I called it at the time. Uh, what was that movie? Mr. Crouching Hank. Tiger, oh, Hidden oh. Dragon came out, and so I called it Crouching Tiger, Hidden Turtle Peeking or Turtle Head Peeking. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Uh, that didn't convince them, by the way. It didn't uh, no, one. Really? <laughs> what of? I know. What, what aspects of Asian cinema failed? <laughs> I know, right? It's crazy. I thought it would be fun, you guys. It's fun. Uh, no, uh, it wasn't fun. Uh, and one kid peed his pants rather than uh, pee in the woods. And he was what? 18, 18 years old. Damien, where are you now? I don't know. Damien's one of our favorite uh, listeners. L- listener Damien, I'm sorry that she had to take it, take it there. Um, <laughs> The, the peeing thing is crazy, though, because, I mean, any guy uh, from right? any part of, yeah. it doesn't matter, urban or rural sure. or where, you, you're you fully aware of point. the fact that you can just pee where you like. Pee where you like, mm-hmm. as long as there aren't uh, Maybe authorities Maybe it's just a quality thing. You know, like, the women have to squat down and do a lot. Maybe oh. we're going to make the guys do some shit. I didn't make them do anything. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> I, I was like, "There's the nature is Nature's there. Go. Or you can wet Go. yourself if yeah. you want. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there should be a uh, separate science. program just to train people on that before sending them off to train them on sure. There are also like a kind of practice woods. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Can you Hit do this? We'll do baby steps. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no. That's, so. that's science-y. That's, um, I mean, I did teach physical science, so we did experiments. and What were the experiments you not Like photosynthesis stuff. I mean, cool. basic ninth grade science. I know. hear that involves chlorophyll. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. I heard yes. something about, something yes. about chlorophyll. Indeed. Light Indeed. and greenness. Indeed, yep. And synthesizing the, uh, something. Yeah. I don't know. What's we, the... Uh, yeah. What do you synthesize I, I, in photos? Photos. There was like different vials with like pea pods, and you like did different things for each I'm one. So, so you put, glad like, you said the word pods after that. Uh, <laughs> oh, you're right, right? Yeah, sorry. Still vials of pee. So you would, a- you would cover one with like a blue cellophane and one with like a red cellophane and one like cover it with a paper towel and one's not covered and see how they grow differently depending on what how. What kind of light they're, they're getting. Yeah, exactly, uh, yeah. So, you know. Science. Science. That's actually, th- those are both legitimate science things you guys have yeah, brought to the that's table. That's a good little experiment than- as well for just introducing kids to sure. the concept of a controlled experiment. Yep. Mm-hmm. Changing one variable at a time and leaving control. I'd love to tell science. you how it worked out. I don't remember. So <laughs> there was a psychology some... experiment you weren't even aware of going on with the whole <laughs> thing and who's going to yeah, hold right? their people yeah. longer. <laughs> if only not. you had been there, right? Oh, damn. Ah, Colleen. Yeah. Well, anyhow, that's great. Yeah. Well, should we get into a story before we get yeah. so far into the podcast that it becomes the, the traditional like half non-science, <laughs> half science episode? What do you got, Andy? Um, well, there's a couple different ones I was I was thinking about uh, so we start in a downer I guess and then go come yeah. up from there that's yeah, where you always because, do yeah. Like, yeah why not it turns out that marital status um, can affect the risk the, the death rates uh, for HIV and AIDS in men in, men? in what way whether or yeah. not you're married has an impact if you have HIV or AIDS uh, uh-huh. your death rate is impacted by your marital status um, so at the, at the height of the AIDS epidemic neg- what's that positively or negatively I mean well we'll get to that uh, well, I mean it's, it's, it's better to be married you're oh. going to survive better as a man. But we'll get to that. Uh, so at the height of the AIDS epidemic in the 1980s, men who were married were significantly less likely to die of HIV AIDS than their divorced or otherwise single counterparts, according to University of California Riverside analysis of new mortality date, data from that era. Um, they analyzed 11 years of mortality data fo- and found that marital status was a significant risk factor, but not... Um, for women, just for men. Divorced and separated men were more than six times more likely to die of AIDS than married men, and those who had never married were 13.5 times more likely to die of the disease than those who were married. That is a big difference. It's a huge difference. It's a huge difference. Yeah. 
Um, African-American men were 2.7 times as likely to die of HIV AIDS as white men and Hispanic men were more than twice as likely as white men. Now, so once it, again, women keeping men alive. Jesus. Um, but uh, the big story for women is race. Um, it turns out, particularly for African-American women and Latinos, Latin, the article says Latinos, but if it's women, come on, that's right. not gender yeah. agreement there. Um, the question is, why would Latina, the article, come on, Latino, Latina and African-American women have been more at risk of HIV. Um, the most logical explanation, one of the researchers named Kaposawa believes, uh, relates to how little was known in the 80s about how the HIV virus was transmitted and a healthcare system that historically disadvantages the poor. Um, actually, I, I think I, I misspoke earlier on. This isn't about the rates once you already are infected, but just overall death rates for, for men and women depending on marital status and race. It's quite a shitty story. Yeah, yeah it's very shitty. But I mean, it's, 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 a, it's sort of a happy story if you're considering getting married because uh, you're going to be healthier, maybe, or less likely so to is die. This, is this article just saying that the people who were married had better access to health care? I'm not sure. Better treatment, or is it saying, or did it control for two people with the same amount, exactly the same level of treatment? Um, I'm not sure how much of its level of treatment and how. I mean, they don't really. It's basically saying if you're a man with AIDS, go get married. Well, it's not, except that they didn't establish any kind of causal relationship. These these things are just correlated, so you're not going to cure yourself by getting married. This is a science podcast, so I think we all know that correlation equals causation. It does. That's true. Um, the elephant in the Why room. Why else would they start with the same letter? Exactly. <laughs> That's all it takes is proving they start with the same letter. Uh, the elephant in the room is the healthcare system itself and the value we put on different people because of their color and background, um, said this researcher. We don't say that consciously, but it is why the Obama administration has put so much emphasis on reducing health disparities in this country, which we can all get behind. Mm-hmm. Reducing those disparities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah the, those numbers for on. Reducing disparity. <laughs> yeah. But those rates for married and unmarried men are, I mean, those are really significant uh, those are orders of well not orders of magnitude but um, in one case over an order of magnitude difference the men that had never married being 13 and a half times more likely to die than those yeah but aren't are. isn't like isn't marriage considered like doesn't that actually keep men alive longer anyways just without? I think it does I think I've heard um, both that, that does doesn't it help both men and women as far as longevity I thought it helped mainly men and it hurts women I don't maybe think it, it hurts does. them but I think it's ba- like maybe like a, not as much of a bump so I mean I wonder if they take that out how much that makes a difference hmm. if it's helping them anyways they're just like yeah i'm already married yeah i'm not sure or having someone you know make sure you take your medicine is probably helpful yeah but don't you think in general like being having a companion versus being alone depressed and dying yeah i mean it's that, the same way that depression can affect yeah. can get you sick in other ways or, or exacerbate right. other right medical problems yeah probably has something to do with that i mean i don't know how much of it has to do with just the number of partners and uh, you know. Or them reminding you that you need to take your meds. Yeah, like that. but uh, that's I what I, 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 don't know. I thought initially. This article was about those who actually were already infected, but I believe it's it's just everybody across the board. So it also, oh. which is more intuitive that you're going to be less likely to get infected. I guess if you're you being partner. monogamous, <laughs> yeah. So surely, surely this is surely this article is controlling for whether or not someone already has AIDS, because otherwise, or HIV rather. Because otherwise, the, the disparity is going to be crazily different. There's got to be so many more single, like unmarried people with HIV. I would think thirteen that. and a half times as many, according to the article. Right? Yeah. yeah. Just because married people are far less likely to be promiscuous before anything. Oh, that's else. the only way you can oh, get I mean, AIDS, I guess, is just by having random sex. It is one way you can have it. <laughs> it is actually. That's yeah, the most prevalent. <laughs> <way>. <laughs> and then there's holding hands, sitting on a toilet seat. <laughs> 
<laughs> talking on the phone one. with somebody who's infected. Drinking yeah. from a water fountain. Mm-hmm. Handshaking, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and watching Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how I got it. Well, Blu-ray, yeah, Blu-ray will give it to you. Yeah. Such high definition. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's too, like, you can have too high definition people. There is such a thing as too much resolution. Yeah. yeah. Like All in right. porn, so high definition porn is too much. That's a lot. High definition that's porn is a bit too much. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, you're not wrong. yeah, yeah. And just really like touching like, on makeup artists. Yeah, no, I mean, like, there's a line that can like, cross. Yeah, there's you're a, like sometimes. Yeah, it is. It's like the uncanny valley with like yeah. CG when it gets too close to reality, like oh, it looks yeah, yeah. creepy. Like, there right. needs to be an element of you want to be separated from a little bit. Mm-hmm. I yeah. need the fantasy. It's like you don't want to see that that Hobbit that 48 frames per second shit they did with the Hobbit. You don't want that in porn. Like you don't want to have that kind of photorealism. No. no okay. Or do you? Do you? You paused. No. Matt, no. no. <laughs> Everyone looks at Matt. Matt, Matt, yes, go on. <laughs> no, I want a little bit of, not soft focus, but just a little bit of low res. A little Vaseline on the lens. Yeah. Just a little. Not a, well, let's not Elizabeth Taylor white diamonds oh, effect. Oh, oh, I was going to Barbara Walters effect. Just yeah. a little bit of softening. Yeah. Yeah. It's helpful for everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, so that's our downerist story, although it's good if you're married, I guess. And no one here sure. is married, right? Nope. Yeah. yeah. So nice. there's that. Well, yeah. we're all going to die. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Matt, do you have something less downery, less aesery? I got something far less downery and, a- and aesery. Uh, aesery? Yeah, aesery. Yeah, Great. Here's <laughs> Fantastic. A, the color of cutlery <laughs> can influence food taste. Whoa, whoa, no. whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's hold back on this jargon. Not all of our listeners are, are science. Are you talking about eating sticks? <laughs> Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> We're not all sorry. We're not all food scientists here. <laughs> Those food shovels. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, cutlery and/or flatware, silver knives and forks and spoons. Oh, okay, okay. Oh my. Oh. Let's keep it accessible. In what way? Tell so, me yes, more. How do they? So this is University of Oxford study. So it was cutlery. Okay. Uh, a good study. <laughs> This is this is kind of cool though. Uh, it was in the journal Flavor. Um, that's right. That's, that's a journal. spelled F L A V A. Yep. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's Britain's premier hip hop and food science <laughs> journal. They always know what time it is <laughs> yeah. on account of the. Uh, so uh, size, weight, shape, and color all have an effect what? on flavor. Said a University of Oxford team. How? Um, Cheese tastes saltier when eaten for a nut from a knife rather than a fork, mm. while <laughs> white spoons cheese? make yogurt taste better. That's yogurt <gasps> for our American listeners. <laughs> I saw you already going for it, Colleen. Like she wanted to go like hot, <laughs> too quick. <laughs> <laughs> the white spoon thing makes sense to me. No, I don't how? know why the, the knife thing is surprising, but the white spoon makes sense. My to me. bigger, my bigger to question is who eats cheese with a fork? That. That's true. Or well, I mean, you have those like cheese cubes, and you have the little forky thing, and you know, when a you're... toothpick. It's I've been called? to many, many fancy parties, <laughs> and they have cheese forks. A cheese like those, fork? Like fondue, Is it like a little like tiny fondue yeah, thing? Exactly. Like, uh... it, you got to go to classier parties. Well, yeah. I'm just letting you know. Maybe your party tonight, the goth party, will have some cheese forks. <laughs> I'm sure it will. I, uh, no, it's they will have cheese. cheese goth party? vegans. Yeah. It's goth party. Why are you are going? Are goths all vegans? No, I know non-vegan goths. I. Are vegans all goths? I've met I've met goths in various shapes of dietary habit. <laughs> I guess I okay, almost ran out all of steam the goths that I sentence. know are vegan. Is there a link? Is, is this small. because? Uh, oh no, Morrissey's not really considered goth, but there's overlap between liking the Smiths there and liking is, the Cure. Because yeah. you like your new Smiths, wave, and I you mean, might still not eat meat. Yeah, mm. is Robert Smith uh, vegetarian? He's he's gotten puffy. He couldn't be. He, well, I don't know. I uh, he could be on drugs. 
like it could be vegan but drugs. on drugs. Yeah. Okay. Legitimate drugs, not like drug drugs. If you're a vegan, if you're a goth and or a vegan, please write in. Let us know. And yeah. if you know what uh, Robert Smith's dietary habits are, <laughs> if then Robert Smith is listening, please email probablyscience at gmail dot com or tweet us at probablyscience. And remember to mark your letter vegan. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so forks. So, so people do eat cheese with forks. Yes. So, okay, forks. That's a thing. Knives make cheese, it saltier. Though. It doesn't. It doesn't say what effect um, having your cheese as part of a pineapple hedgehog would do. Is that a thing I, that ever happened in I America? Have no idea what that. Oh, that was. <laughs> thing, but I don't what is that? Oh, that was all the rage in. I'm sorry. What, uh, in what? 1970s British cocktail parties. You weren't alive in 1970s. I wasn't, but there was a little bit of an overlap. I was alive from 1980 onwards. This would be like af- after you'd gone That's a fox hunt, a you'd come back and celebrate. No, with, no, uh, this isn't. This isn't the fox hunting hedgehog? people. This is the. This is suburban. This is okay. Um, you make what, it. You make. You make. I can't remember what the the base of the of the hedgehog could be. Various things. Uh, it could just be just the foil itself, or it could just. Or I think you could also use very like maybe like an upturned pineapple or something. Anyway. Whatever it is, like the like the rest of the shell of the pineapple, uh, but you cover you cover something that is sort of dome shaped in foil. That's the body of the hedgehog, and then you have a have a whole load of cocktail of like toothpicks, cocktail sticks sticking out of this thing, with a small cube of pineapple and a small cube of cheese. Oh. and this is extraordinarily sophisticated. I'm staring at that. Horror. Sounds pretty good. Yeah. What? I get it. it Pineapple and cheese? Why is it called yeah. a hedgehog? Because it looks like it's going to have stuff spick- like sticking out of it as if yeah. it's... Uh... But it's upside down or it's right side up? No, it's oh, I get it. Okay. Those aren't the legs. In. Those are I'm the spikes in. of the yeah. hedgehog. Back in. Yeah. yeah. Yep, got it. Yeah, like but many, is... not four. Like, Wait, you know, is many pineapple are... and cheese good together? It, uh, no. I just, oh, had, a, I just had a slice of Hawaiian no. pizza that was delicious, nope. so I'm going to say yes. I'm gonna you go had now. that. I just My slice was next to someone's pineapple and anchovies, which yeah, just smelled disgusting. By the yeah. way, new sponsor this week. They're not, they're not a sponsor <laughs> yet. We're hoping they'll hear this and start giving us free pizza. But Joe Peep's Pizza in North Hollywood is no joke, you guys. Duh. Magnolia delicious. and it. It's amazing. We eat it before every every taping. And I'm hoping if this gets back to them, they'll be like Matt just went in to get the pizza today, and, and uh, the guy wanted to, wanted to get a picture with you. Yeah, it's pretty. So he's a fan stuff. of your stand-up, if not the podcast. So if we can get Joe Peeps on board, we'll be eating for we live in high on the hedgehog. Nice on Sundays, nice. and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna show you quickly. Here's a I want a pic. Oh, I, yes. Oh, there's a picture of cheese and pineapple wrapped. Why now is this something you? It also has maraschino cherries and olives as eyes. Yeah. Because the person cute. who made that thing is not screwing around. Is that what Aww. you would call classy? Oh that's my God. what yeah, you, you would call classy should... if it were the 70s. And, and you were at like, a key only... party. That's when like, fondue oh, was totally. classy, Yeah, too. exactly. Fondue, key party. Is uh-huh. the... Now, a uh-huh. fancy dress party? Would this have a... a... <laughs> it, might be, it might be something that you could put in a fancy dress party. Do they still call them what fancy dress parties? Um, wait, wait. Do you know what... We talked about this a couple weeks no, ago. No, do you know what this means? Do you want to take a guess of what a fancy dress party is like? It's like a... It's when you dress up nice, isn't it? Okay, I was wrong. Nah, it's what Americans would call a costume party. You guys are weird. Like, if you get invited to a fancy dress party in Britain, you probably want to be showing up as Spider-Man or a ghost. So don't wear my nice dress. Wear something weird. Don't wear your nice dress unless you can then claim to be like a Bond heroine or something. Yeah, yeah. Mm. We're learning you all these things British about people. cultures. Mm. Okay, so if you if you ate off of your pineapple hedge, what's it called again? Pineapple, pineapple. cheese and pineapple hedgehog. Cheese and pineapple. So doesn't say anything okay, about that, but um, but it does say a fork off a knife. It tastes saltier than when it's off a fork. More than a hundred students took part in three experiments looking at the influence of weight, color, and shape of cutlery on taste. The researchers found that when the weight of the cutlery conformed to expectations, 
this had an impact on how the food tastes. What does that? What like oh, I expect? Out. That, yeah. So I'm apparently, not. food tasted sweeter on the small spoons that are traditionally used to ser- serve desserts. Okay, oh, that makes sense. Oh. What? Um, so, not literally, just the perception of, oh, okay. of all just the things perception. are perception. So yeah, no, if you if you have like two like actually identical say chocolate mousse or something like that, and you serve it with like a little a small like dessert spoon versus a large spoon you're gonna like, like a soup, soup spoon, spoon or something the little spoon you're gonna be like oh this was sweeter yeah uh yes and the little one the one that you'd normally anyway. get the dessert with yeah well, i no, guess so you're used to eating with dessert spoon so you expect the sweet I, when you eat with that spoon so yeah but when like you have trained. the soup spoon you're expecting savory right i'm gonna say i'm used to eating just from the spoon that i have in my <laughs> house it's just the one size but it's cool yeah i wonder if there were some people who were just immune to this effect because <laughs> right. of how poor they were right. or how yeah. shitty yeah. they yeah. lived i, I just i just eat with my hands you were known as an outlier the outlier all right like for instance i i just got a new tiny refrigerator from my room so i don't have to worry about does everything taste sweeter no, it's the opposite. Like, I feel, maybe because there's no shame in pulling a beer out of a tiny little dorm-style refrigerator, I don't think I enjoy the beer as much as when I pull it out of an adult refrigerator, <laughs> like a grown-up is supposed to. So you feel Could like be. you're just having illicit student beer or something. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, this will, this must be cheap beer, because this is the kind yeah. of place that a, someone would pull cheap beer from. Yeah, who keeps, you don't keep Stella in a in a one-by-one tiny little dorm you would keep refrigerator? Stella. Stella's not that. Fr- <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I couldn't I couldn't pull a really fancy beer off the top of my head. Le Chouf. Uh, Duvel Those are uh, beers right? Those are beers okay. um, So yeah Yogurt eaten from a white spoon Was rated sweeter than a black spoon Why? Uh, because of the colour contrast apparently And racism but, Yeah And racism That's where I was going And when testers yeah. were offered cheese On a knife, spoon, fork or toothpick They found the cheese from the knife Tasted saltiest That's what? Salty is such a Toothpick Just a, That's where you get cheese Toothpick Depending yeah. on the cheese. I mean, if it's a blue cheese, that'd be a... Salty is such a specific... It. Somehow it's, it's stranger that the saltiness yeah. is affected than, like, than just the sweetness I could see being affected somehow. But like to perceive extra salt on something is such a... Well, or less salt. Oh, I mean, yeah, either way. Either it, way it's, yeah. Aren't there like... Isn't there like the salt flavor like farther back on your tongue and like that's been oh. yeah. yeah so it could be like maybe with the knife you're putting it farther yes. back than you yeah. would on the fork but apparently that's off. not like the yeah, whole that's, not. that's one of those things we were taught at school and we did like little experiments and, and we all believe that it's totally no you taste all f- types of things in all parts of your tongue that's like Dang. the 10 percent of your brain thing that's just one of those things our teachers always told us that's not like you, that you, you only use 10 percent of your brain that's right. bullshit that's just something someone made up at some point but that's, that's super not... bullshit because that's used to justify extra levels of bullshit like you only use 10 percent of your brain so if you maybe use 15 you could be psychic <laughs> just... no that's true come on that i mean that is true that is true but um i had a psychic look at my palm once so i know it's true oh yeah wow. my uh my family is full of seers see what is this is so ridiculous <laughs> Wait, so no 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 no, no this is something we have I to get into is this is this story almost done because i want to spend a long time on this this is uh no i'm no no don't apologize a, I'm not we can take a little brief detour from the story to find out more about <laughs> how, your family is full of family oh yes yeah, so, i'll spend the rest of the podcast are you guys gypsies uh no uh we're canadian uh <laughs> Uh, so my my grandfather is a seventh son of a seventh son, which makes oh. you magic, uh, or just promiscuous. Uh, I'm sure, uh, and apparently he could talk to animals, and uh, he had uh, pet bears. To be fair, like 
we can all talk to animals. <laughs> like it's just yeah. right, but that's not just... <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> There's just a level of understanding that is different, right? It's <laughs> an excellent. I never thought yeah, about that sure. before. <laughs> um, we can talk to chairs for that yeah. matter. <laughs> So, uh, and look, I'm just throwing that this is not no, no, what my I love belief it. system. I'm not uh, knocking Wait, does it make you anything? So, Are you? Uh, yes, I'm one of the gifted, according to my, <laughs> to my aunt, my great aunt, uh, who, God rest in peace, Katie, goodbye. Uh, uh, anyhow, so uh, so my my grandfather is the seventh son of a seventh son, so he's magic, and uh, he had uh, 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 three bears as pets. Like grizzly bears, or not grizzly bears, whatever bears in Canada, I don't know, uh, that lived at his home and they would do things for him and whatever. And he was the weird, he was basically that, I mean, the that, weird guy in town, I think, that was, oh yeah. nobody really talked I mean, to. that bit suddenly has gone from being like, ah, oh, he thought he was psychic to he either lived with dangerous bears <laughs> or lied about living with dangerous bears. Uh-huh. Sure. And I don't, I wasn't there. I don't know. So uh, how long ago did this happen? Uh, d- d- I mean, I don't know. He's my great grandfather, and I'm 37, so, so you can do the math. I'm not good at it. Are uh, you the daughter of a certain daughter and a number of a daughter? Probably. But like- what I know is so then I have a great aunt, and so she's the one seer from that generation. And so this is so ridiculous. Uh, uh, so, so people would come to her house and like pay to come to her house wow. to have her tell them like the future and how things were going to go and like whatever. Your great aunt, you said. Uh, my great aunt. Uh, she'd just be like, just walk around the bears. She grew up in Gainesville, Florida. She lived in Gainesville, Florida, moved there from Canada. Uh, so, anyways, so people go to her house and whatever. Uh, and then in my generation, I, I am apparently the one who has the gift and I have not used it at all because I think it's a bunch of bullshit. So are you an embarrassment to your family? Uh, but no, but I will say, like, You're frankly, not applying like, yourself. like every once in a while, like some weird stupid things happen where my friends are like see you are a seer you're just bullshitting yourself like I was in a snowstorm and uh, we decided to build an igloo as you do uh, my friend lost her phone it was seven feet in the snow somewhere in the igloo and I, I was like nev- and I was like it's right here and I just reached in and pulled it out and she was like see you're a seer and I was like ah, I don't know and she was like did you think that it was there did you feel it was there and I'm like I did but I just think this is bullshit like I just think that it just happened I don't know no. Not to derail again, but this igloo thing you also glossed over is like it's normal. <laughs> <laughs> is that where you were going, Matt? Because I've yeah. never had occasion to build an igloo of I've necessity. Never, I've never been in a scenario where I thought the sensible thing for us to do right now yeah. is to build make an igloo. igloo. Same here, never. Yeah, here's the weird thing about that. Uh, we actually <laughs> were staying somewhere where there was like an actual home. We just thought it would be fun to build the igloo because there was so much snow. Oh, so I'm okay. sorry to disappoint to you in that story where you thought that I was like... Oh, like for survival. Yeah. Bear grills kind not, of thing. That would have been no, awesome. So that was not, more like you decided yeah. on igloo over snowman. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, But it was big igloo. enough to get multiple people inside. You could have uh-huh. stayed in it if you'd wanted yes. to. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Did you use was some kind wool? of mold to make the bricks or was it all just kind of building up by no, hand? No, we just built it up by hand. And and a lot of whiskey and uh we nice. ran out of mixer so whiskey and apple juice it's delicious you guys oh, if you're it? stuck yeah, in a snowstorm yeah. mm, delightful uh, did you say nice. use what to make the bricks a mold. just some kind of like oh, mold okay yeah. rectangular thing you could shove snow into to make kind of snow bricks out of was it warm was it like how how warm you're was surrounded it surrounded by snow i mean it was warmer than outside of the snow but right. it wasn't warmer than inside where the fireplace and the karaoke machine were so right. we slept there <laughs> uh, <laughs> so. good choice yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. the real question is where's my wallet 
Uh, I think it's somewhere well, in this I house. Heard that you, oh, really? Yeah. We'll walk through it's been afterwards. Weeks. I don't I'm, know. I'm yeah. also really good luck in Las Vegas. I don't play the games because oh. I think they're retarded, but I'll be like, this is the one where you're going to win. Damn. And then people win like hundreds of dollars on stupid like kitty glitter or whatever the fucking <laughs> slot machine is. Uh, Do you randomly walk around with like holding a branch and find water? Uh, no, but no, but found, she found a guy who peed his pants. No, that's right. <laughs> no, no, maybe but, that was you. Uh, Were you holding a twig at the time? <laughs> did you summon the water? There. No, but my uh, grandfather, or grandmother, apparently uh, did the divining. I think is what you uh, call that. So that's Joseph Smith also so did that before um, yeah. before starting equally ridiculous. The so, Mormon Church. And there we go. <laughs> there we go. He was run uh, out of many I don't put a, a lot of faith into it. Maybe that's why it's not working for yeah. me. So, hmm. yeah, or maybe it's all bullshit. <laughs> it could yeah. also be that. It yeah. could also be that. Yeah. I'm going to go with the second one, but, you know. Um, just to finish, to finish this. Sorry about that. No, no, Sorry. never apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> never apologize for the fact that you're a seer <laughs> and the great granddaughter yeah, of, the your seventh son of the seventh son. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Salty. I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> Um, white tastes better than black. White, white things on white taste better mm-hmm. than things on on yes, black. That thing is a spoon Ooh. and yogurt, Ooh. respectively. I was um, uh, but the prof- professor Charles Spence and Doctor Vanessa Harrah or uh-huh. Hara, sure, oh, Harrah. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't say <laughs> how it's pronounced. I hope yeah. they say it like that, yeah. Professor Harrah. <laughs> that would be exciting. <laughs> that would be exciting. And with a knee Just slap like, every time as well. Uh, that would be great. Question: Like, I'm never sure. Is it? Do you, is it best to do like the same? Like slap the thigh with the same side Good hand, question. or do a cross like Good slap question. across? No, I think always it's the same. 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 Always same. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it's just weird. That's weird. Yeah, that's yeah. weird. That's weird. Yep. Uh, it feels weird, doesn't yeah. it? Doesn't it? I don't know. Like it, I think know. it's one of those ones where when you suddenly think about how to walk, you can't walk normally. Like it's which hand goes with which arm. I think it's the same thing. Like which. You do you, you, so often you just thigh slap instinctively. <laughs> but now I'm trying multiple times a day I find myself <laughs> slapping my thigh while saying hurrah about something. Uh, yeah. Maybe you're not a knee slapper. Maybe no, I'm no. not. Maybe it's not my natural calling. Just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> um, Move along. But <laughs> how we experience food, said the professors, uh, is a multi-sensory experience involving taste, feel of the food in our mouth, aroma, and the feasting of our eyes. Um, even before we put food into our mouths, our brains have made a judgment about it, which affects our overall experience. Um, and it also says in this article on the BBC uh, news website, um, past research has shown that crockery can alternate can also alter our perception of food and drink. Crockery? How so? Plates. Go on, sir. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, so now I thought crockpot actually. So I'm, I'm an idiot. <laughs> plates, bowls, etc. Uh, for example, people generally eat less when food is served on smaller plates. What? I presume- That's crazy. <laughs> Don't they serve less? Well, I presume course. that means that they're serving a same amount of food on smaller plates. For- Oh, okay. In this uh, study, if they're doing a stu- if they're doing a study, I'm sure they measure okay, out the exact okay. amount. You're of probably foods. right. You're probably right. That makes sense. It's not yeah. like just like a a saucer <laughs> <laughs> and then like a platter, right? Like a whole suckling pig on a platter. Compared to like a wafer on the side plate. Do you think you are always trained to leave the same amount of food on the plate, and so you just do it I'd regardless ima- as to the size? I'd imagine there isn't a link annoyingly to that particular uh, study, but I guess. Um, I'd imagine it's, yeah, the amount of food left and also yeah. just the general perception of the amount of, of food there I, is. Yeah. When it's piled I've, high on a small yeah. plate, yeah. it feels like a lot, so you don't maybe eat as much of it. Sure. Whereas when it's sort of in the middle of a large plate with space around it, it feels like, oh, well, I can finish that. 
I can't leave any behind. It's so delicious. Yeah. Um, there are starving children in Africa. I'll eat it all. I will always eat it all. So it says this new, the new research into how the brain influences food perceptions could help dieters or improve gastronomic experiences at restaurants, said the professor. There's a lot more to food than what's on the plate. Many things we thought don't didn't matter do. So we're going to see a lot more of neuroscience design around meal times. I don't <laughs> think that last bit's true. I think no, just, no. Well, no. I think if you're if you're opening a high-end restaurant, you would be an idiot not to take into account these this data. Right? Yeah, I, I, mean, I wouldn't why, be surprised would if there's so, there's things like that that um that sure. chefs in like top chefs instinctively do already. Right. Yeah, that is for sure. And also, if you're opening a restaurant now, from reading this article, I'm to believe that I'm only supposed to offer white spoons and knives with things or well now you know or white spoons compared to black spoons unless you want your yogurt to taste not so sweet Maybe you're like, this isn't a sweet yogurt. How many I want a sour yogurt. How many are serving black. yogurts? Is With the other question. Yogurts, plural. Frozen yogurt is a very, you know, nice. That's <laughs> <laughs> Spago. You're gonna but I feel like there's it. like yogurt mint sauce on blah, blah. Tahini. Like whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think you I mean, could call it that. I mean, fine. <laughs> I mean, some of this. <laughs> Yo play is amazing. Okay, guys. Yeah. Stop That's it. That's pretty awesome. That's what I usually get when I go out to high end dinner. Yeah. I pay six dollars for the tahini sesame. No, I know. Okay, I wasn't actually literally saying tahini is. I, <laughs> I just didn't want to see letters. I'm going to get angry letters from our Greek <laughs> listeners. <laughs> George Papadopoulos wrote in to say, "I was on Webster, uh, and I'm a fictional character. <laughs> also, tahini is it's the only Greek name I could pull. It was Webster's adoptive father, played by NFL star Alex Karras. Rest in peace, Alex. I love that he starts his letter. I'm a fictional character, which is not his." voice at all <laughs> somebody here didn't watch webster i guess because that's exactly what george well that's what ma'am sounded like i'm sorry i was confused george and ma'am oh. matt do you know what we're talking about did you ever see webster no uh, i think i did I, i'm pretty it was, sure there, it was, there, was, there was, a, was a trend in the 80s of yeah. uh white families adopting black kids in sitcoms yeah yeah a lot with different strokes and uh, I guess just those two shows I was like that's, that's <laughs> a trend. I, guess that's a trend. I mean you can't deny shows, that's, yeah. that's sure. a pretty it's I like, mean technically different strokes was a spinoff so oh that's right of, was of Facts of Life yeah no the opposite oh Mrs. are G you was yeah you're the, right yeah, yeah. you're right I, I messed that up sorry that's okay um, but no it's, it's like when those movies come out together like there's always not the always but you know those weird trends where there's the body switching movies and then yeah, volcano the, movies like White House uh, Down and the other one yeah 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 and Twister and the other one yeah uh, <laughs> we're good at that. A Bug's Life and Ants <laughs> yep right. A Bug's Life and Ants you know, Armageddon and, and Deep, Deep Impact, impact yeah, yeah. yeah. What's going on right now that's that? Our White House White Down House and down. the other oh, one. Oh, sorry. You uh, named Olympus things that I didn't know. I, oh, Thank okay. you. Yes. Yeah. All right. And then there's also that whole company whose business model is to just copy... Asylum. Oh, yeah. I asylum love movies. Them. I love their movies. <laughs> have you heard of our Asylum? Yes, Maybe I have. About Don't ruin already. Sharknado. I have it on record for did when they, I get back to oh San Francisco. Did they make Sharknado? They made Sharknado. Did, but that was actually... Because most of their things are straight to DVD. No, right? no, they do a lot of sci-fi movies. They do a lot of the, oh. a lot of the like they did Two-Headed Shark. I think they did Sharktopus. They do a they lot did of Mecti- the. Oh wait, what's Mectopus? That's a band from Ithaca, New York. Okay, you're thinking Mega Shark uh, versus, versus Crocosaurus, yeah. <laughs> which was a great movie and you know scientifically totally factually correct. Before before I came here, I was like, I should look up some science articles. Um, and the one science article I read was like, why Sharknado is not scientific, <laughs> and it was like a three point thing, like, like you one, wouldn't... like one tornadoes won't hit Southern California. <laughs> oh my God, that's the least. That's number twenty on the list of things that I would Dude. take issue with. 
if sharks get swept up into a tornado, you shouldn't fear for <laughs> land people. Shouldn't fear for their life. Like, like, their, the their priority <laughs> while they're flying through the air is <laughs> dying. People. Still like, I'm a shark. I gotta bite something. Yeah. And that's when I was like, I don't know where to look for science yeah. articles. I'm I just gonna let it be. There was an article that they're like, okay, guys, the reason this isn't true. No, it was. Like, there was five points. I don't remember them all. I'm sorry. <laughs> we have to write this. Kids are worried. <laughs> Wait, could Sharknado really happen? Because I live in LA and I'm really nervous. I just got a call from my parents uh, wondering if I'm, if I'm safe from Sharknados. They want to make sure that I live far enough away. No, no, you're not. Yeah. It could yeah. happen yeah. at any point. Like, Listen, I didn't move here for certainty. Like This is a thing we all have to live with, this yeah. risk of Sharknados. And the other thing is there's thousands of sharks just swarming off the coast of LA just ready to pick up a <laughs> tornado at any moment, any moment. Yes, as a frequent surfer, I can tell you sharks all the time, every day. Every day. Every day. You know what I do see a lot of, though? Uh, you see tons of dolphins. I think it's funny that everyone still thinks a dorsal fin is supposed to inspire fear because you see dolphins all the time surfing. So, like, I never... Dolphins surf? They do. Actually, they actually, no, they literally, the yesterday, there were two dolphins surfing in the wave behind me. Really? Like, they actually use they, the momentum. Yeah. Like, they're not actually... Sometimes they're not actually out of the water, but they're in the wave using its momentum surfing inside of it. Yeah, they're kind of just that's playing. Awesome. They just go, they yeah. go through it. It's, it's pretty really cool. Yeah. That's yeah. got to be a very cool thing to be just... I wish you sit there and watch. It's pretty it. awesome. Yeah, uh, you can see them just like fooling around the waves, just going with it. Like it's like a body surfing. Yeah, they're, exactly. They're dolphins, yeah. so they're cooler than us. I've never seen do- dolphins like um, and then they try to outside of things like water, not a uh, sea world type places. Yeah, they're in. The, dude, you live in LA. They're on the coast all the time. Yeah, yeah, but I, I mean, have I'm, you looked up dolphin um, humping humans videos? They do that a lot too. A lot of them. We've talked about this. On the, we talked <laughs> with Dan Telfer. We talked about dar- underground dolphin rape caves. Which wait, we're not, wait, wait, we're not wait. quite sure if those are apocryphal or not. Underground under, dolphin. Underwater. I'm sorry. Underwater. Un- well, obviously underwater. They live underwater, but they have like, they'll drag, supposedly they'll drag humans down to rape caves and rape <laughs> them and they'll, they'll obviously you'll drown down there because oh. you don't breathe water, but. You don't. Well, well not the is, dolphins, but you can't hold your breath for quite, yeah. pretty good. It depends on how quick the dolphins are with there it. There we go. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, well, there was this one guy in San Francisco who wrote a story, like, or, like talking to the Chronicle about how he couldn't find a job because he had sex with a dolphin, and then wrote a book about it. He didn't use a pen name. <laughs> and then he was wondering why he couldn't find a job. Well. But he didn't get dragged into a rape cave. Yeah, well, he yeah. Said, no one he, told me about Google before I wrote my dolphin sex know. book. <laughs> And Wait, then he was big on it. It was like it wasn't actually. He didn't even say sex. He's like he, he made love to the dolphin. Sweet, sweet love. Have you seen the documentary? Um, I married the Eiffel Tower. I've heard about it. Yeah. About object. That's philia. not consensual. Well, according to the woman suffering from objectphilia, which is people who fall in love with objects, obviously. Uh, she says she can communicate with the Eiffel Tower, and yes, in fact, it was consensual. And in this documentary, there is a love scene. So. Well, because I've that? been to the Eiffel Tower, mm-hmm. and I mean, it was... Did you make sweet, sweet love to him? I'm just saying, it was pretty flirty. Like, a lot of the... Yeah. <laughs> All I'll say is that uh, erection does not equal consent. Just that <laughs> no. shape of the tower in itself. Oh, nice. nice. Wait, that's not well true. Played. Come on. Can I can I cite uh, the stand-up act of a past guest of ours? Yes, and please. Ex-girlfriend of mine. Uh, April Richardson uh, has, a, has a bit about that and how she takes issue with the fact that all these people are always like, so this woman married the Eiffel Tower, yes. someone else marries some other notable landmark. Uh, the, but you it it you, is the, in, the wall in, in Berlin. But nobody... Yeah. In her words, you, you don't see them hugging up on a bank of America. They're all such star fuckers. Like, <laughs> why don't any of them just like normal buildings? <laughs> anyway, I just, by the way, I just Googled the dolphin rape cave. It does look like it, it's probably a myth. Uh, I'm not finding any legitimate 
backing up of that. Like I still want to believe. Evidence on like just... GeoCities websites. <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's not going to have the evidence. Everyone dies that That's goes true. down yeah, there. Yeah. I mean. When they find two victims, they, but no one believes them. When they finally find Sasquatch, he's probably going to have a map <laughs> that leads people to dolphin rape caves. Obviously, we can because they, they they're all friends together. You know what else is creepy? That's underwater. <laughs> no, a segue to another story. <laughs> a segue to another story. <laughs> all right, exactly. All right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, pufferfish. You guys know what pufferfish are? Yeah. Yes. You know those spiky things. They yep. can they can yep. swallow air or water to make themselves large and more threatening. Um, they're also notable because they combine their pectoral, dorsal, anal, and caudal fins into one set of fins, like oh, a seahorse. Yeah. They're super poisonous. <laughs> but what's more important, at least to Dr. Gareth Fraser of Sheffield University, is the fact that they have uh, teeth that regrow um, over the course of their lives many times over. Um, like lots of bony fish, meaning non-cartilaginous, cart- cartilaginous, cartilaginous, wherever you put the accent, whatever, cartilage, you know. Um, they constantly regrow their teeth. The puffer, they don't have delineated teeth like most other fish, though. They have, um, after their first set of teeth have fallen out, which are like human baby teeth, they grow a solid structure that looks more like a beak, and that beak is made of horizontally growing layers of dentite, the usual tooth material for fish, but it appears as a single band. Um, and I guess Dr. Gareth Fraser managed to map the specific cells responsible for the constant regrowing of teeth in the puffer, which is awesome because, as you guys may know, we as humans only get two sets our whole lives that's not enough in my view why shouldn't no, we, we get should more at least four um so uh <laughs> interestingly dr fraser thinks humans may evolve in millions of years the ability to gr- regrow teeth past that second set and he says with our extended lives and modern diets the limited supply of human teeth is really no longer fit for purpose he said um by figuring out exactly how the puffer fish regrow teeth or other fish like that he may be able to accelerate that process of evolution so is that different? Because like, I know like sharks have like rows, rows of teeth and they kind of move forward. So this is actually just regrowing the teeth? I think it's just a full Disney set emotions. that's like one solid beak, which reminds me of that Mitch Hedberg joke about how he hates flossing and he wishes he just had one long curvy tooth. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, if, like, so if that one falls out, like it'd be they a They got whole, more, they like, got plenty more coming. It just comes back in. Yeah. Does it fall out on purpose like when snakes shed their skin? Like, so if you grab onto it... This thing? is a pretty Top brief two. article on popsci.com, mm. um, and it, it actually doesn't even go into the details of how... Of, so it says that this doctor did um, find the specific cells responsible for the constant regrowing, but um, I'm not quite sure how realistic it is to expect that he could do something with that anytime soon. Well, maybe that would be awesome, because if they got caught on a hook, they could just let their teeth go, you know, and they just... And then yeah, sure, but how does this apply to... Because he, he's trying to, apply he, he was it saying to that humans. even independent of anything we do, his theory is that um, eventually we'll probably evolve to regrow multiple sets of teeth. But uh-huh. also, if we can figure out the mechanism by which these fish keep regrowing, maybe we could find a way to do the bottom of this article. To, to the uh, University of Sheffield article that they've nabbed it from, uh, and it says uh, the research catalogued the dental development throughout all stages of the pufferfish's growth, from the production of the initial teeth to the construction of its distinctive beak, and it puts in beak in quotation marks. Uh, I guess it's not like a beak beak. Uh, So the first set are actual separate teeth. It doesn't start off with a beak. Yeah, it says the research showed that the strange structure didn't appear from scratch during embryonic development as a complete vertebrate novelty, but rather originates from the modified development of replacement teeth after the formation of an initial dentition, which appears like normal fish teeth. So it says that the beak structure is made from many bands of dentine stacked together, and each band represents a new replacement tooth. They can have more than seven separate bands making up the beak, 
with new bands continually being formed to replace those damaged by eating. So they're uh, just getting longer and longer? Yeah, yeah lots of bands. Older? And then only after the start of the tooth replacement program in just four of these first-generation teeth did this novel and bizarre beak-like structure appear. It's an example of re-specification of its genetic toolkit for tooth development towards a very alternative and unique dentition. So do you think if we could constantly be regrowing our teeth throughout our lives, would there be any business for dentists at all? I don't would know. you We'd even bother brushing? Beak. Well, because, I mean, white is all. Like, everyone wants really white teeth, so probably. But if they come out. But if you're just going to grow another teeth, you're just going to wait it out. It's like when your iPhone cracks. You're like, well, I'm not going to get 5S, right? And then I, I feel like it would probably start to be a thing where kids would start to like be trendy, like knock out every other tooth, give yourself like weird. Oh, this is like temporary awesome. tattoos. There's no risk. You're just going to have, mm-hmm. you can just do whatever you want with them. Would they mm. keep growing so you get like, you can have that one huge long tooth and then a couple other smaller teeth? That well, that's why so I don't know. What, you know. what if all they could promise us was like after your first two sets, you're just going to have the puffer yeah, beak a thing juice. forever. So you'll have something that's useful, but it's going to look really weird. Yeah. Maybe that would be kind of hip. I don't know. Yeah, you Dude, you see Jamie, he's beaking. Oh, <laughs> uh, it would be hip. Or you'd approach that person, you'd just be like, I don't know, something's wrong. Something's know, a little off. They try to like just draw on with a sharpie, like lines in the teeth. <laughs> like, look like teeth. <laughs> I think it'd be awesome. Uh, I'm a fan of never having to floss again. Whatever whatever it takes to not uh-huh. have uh-huh. to floss, I, I will take that. Yeah. I'll yeah. take that pill. So either a beak or apathy. Yeah. Which is the other thing it takes to not have to floss. That's true. That's all you need to do is just not care. It's an excellent point. So pufferfish someday. Uh, the sign. This article didn't mention whether we'll also be able to puff ourselves up uh, and have spikes. You know, that would be awesome. Oh. Yeah. Have spikes and puff yourself up, and also have only one bit that Japanese people can eat without dying. Right. Yeah. Right. As it, as it stands now, we're way too edible to the Japanese. There's too many <laughs> delicious parts to us. Matt, you got something else for us? Uh. I will do if I can find the right thing. Are we get, do we want to do a 3D printer? Three? Is it about the rocket in- engine? That yeah, that was a sure. Well, there's actually two 3D printer stories. Um, if you want to read, if you want to read this one, I'll try and find the other one. Uh, because there was one other 3D printer story that I found this week, but I've now lost. Sure. Yeah. Let's. Uh, so we've talked about 3D printing a lot in the past, and it seems to be something that's captured the imagination of our listeners. Uh, do you guys familiar with how 3D printing yes. works? There's a few different technologies involved, um, and we've talked about ways that you can print. Uh, at one point, someone put out the plans to print a gun, which was very useful. Thank you, sir. We need more of those in our country. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, according to this article, there have even been plans for uh, aircraft and drone parts and even plans for printable private jet. But now NASA has demonstrated another 3D printing first. The agency has just finished successful tests of a 3D printed rocket engine injector. At the Glenn Research Center in Cleveland, Ohio, which I had no idea there's any rocket stuff going on in Ohio. I didn't know that was uh, like the Midwest seems to be doing well. Someone pointed me to a story uh, the other day. I think it was Chicago now that some public libraries have 3D printers that you can use. Public libraries, yeah. Well, couldn't you just print another 3D printer from the 3D printer? We were discussing this before. Like it's just like the genie infinite wishes, right? But it's it's probably like the Terminator rules, right? Where you can't. uh, Which, by the way, was bullshit because you couldn't like. why not just bring back a bomb and blow everything up? It's because not that it had simple. To be you can't covered be covered by organic material. But that's what he was saying. Is like it can't have like complex machinery and stuff. I was like, well, but you came back T two or you know a terminate whatever the model number for Arnold was. Technically, just by put putting skin. His, like if they put it in his stomach, yeah. it would have worked. So just put a bomb. Just that. put some skin, some Ed Gein style skin over the uh, bomb, and then put it back in time. But and, they still and, would have had to find John Connor. 
They didn't know where he was. Well, no, I'm saying that if the robots wanted to come back, if anybody wanted to come back and win the war through this time travel arbitrary rule they made in the Terminator movies where you can't have moving parts, but evidently you can if they just have flesh stretched over them, but the then just is, put the thing, put the, the bomb. In the Terminator movies, they, the Resistance had already won and they only had time to send back the one Terminator, so they didn't have time to figure all that stuff out. But I'm saying that the robots sent back the um, Robert Patrick dude who was melty. Yeah, no, that was wrong. Fight. That was just wrong because they said they had one person, to, like they had only consumed like one and it only had to be organic material so Terminator 2 is all just wrong <laughs> but even he wasn't all organic material exactly it's just, that's why it doesn't work it doesn't work we've disproven that Terminator, Terminator franchise Terminator 2 just Finally. doesn't work it's just Terminator 1 Michael Bean was really hot I really liked him <laughs> <laughs> he was did you not see him gorgeous anyways go on sorry. if you could 3D print a Terminator would you no okay yeah of course you would um, of course. anyhow so uh, the Glenn Research Center in Cleveland Ohio they were managed to um or they have the first successful tests of a 3D printed rocket engine injector uh, in conjunction with rocket manufacturer Aerojet Rocketdyne, which is like the most ridiculous but awesome uh, <laughs> space-related name for business. Uh, NASA built the liquid oxygen and gaseous hydrogen rocket injector assembly using laser melting manufacturing, which is one of the 3D technologies where they uh, they melt metallic power. Yeah, I'm like, well, I'm just like, what's a rocket engine injector? Does it just make like because that's not a rocket engine? That's a specific. Piece I think it's the of part that actually does the main Let's combustion that, that is okay. responsible for. Right. I, so I'm not an the expert. Fuel and cause the combustion. Listen, right, I'm, no, I'm no. I'm no rocket But so yeah, they use laser melting manufacturing, which is one of the techniques of 3D printing. Where um, I believe that's where like two lasers would intersect at a point, and then um, they would melt. melt a metallic powder. Um, and fuse that section of it into into a solid, I guess. Um, previous manufacturing methods for those type of injectors required more than a year, but um, being able to 3D print the parts reduces that time frame to four months, which is still a long time, because you imagine, like, it's a printer, it's just going to be like... But if you're in space and you're in a situation where you're like, shit, something's gone wrong, we're going to need to make a replacement... Uh, it's much cheaper to print something up there than to wait for a rocket to be sent up to you. But don't That's you have to have true. all the material that you need to print? Well, the whole point about 3D printing is you only need a very small supply of initial materials to be able to make a ver- wide variety of things. Uh. In the same way that with regular like paper printing, you can make you just loads of different. You can make any type of photograph with just three different colors of ink. Yeah, but that ink on is paper. really expensive. It's really expensive, and so is the and so is three D printing right now. Uh, here's one that's even more expensive. This is the other story that I I found. Um, there's a new technique, yet another three D printing technique. I guess there's there's currently the, I guess this sort of arms race to, on three D printing. Everyone's <laughs> just developing loads of loads of different techniques. It's now the thing that people are working on quite hard. Um, so this uses liquid metal, which is pretty cool. So now uh, back to the Terminator exactly. 2 thing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're back to T2. Uses a mixture of gallium and indium alloy, which remains liquid at room temperature. When the metal makes contact with air, it develops a thin skin that is strong enough to hold the liquid shape. Uh, and they're using it, as of now, they're using a syringe to squeeze the alloy out and create shapes with it. The droplets can be easily arranged. They created simple figures by lining the drops in bead chains that manage to stand upright. And uh, Oh yeah, we're all going to die. <laughs> yeah. Michael yeah. Dickey and his team... Uh, at the North Carolina State University uh, said the fact that they're liquid means you can surround them with another material like rubber to make metallic structures that you can stretch and deform. And the next step would be to swap the syringe with the nozzle of a 3D printer, which could open up the possibilities of creating bendable electronics since the metal is non-toxic and should be cleared for commercial 
use. But this, it is about 100 times as expensive as 3D printed plastic. This is surprisingly close to the, ter- the T-1000. Yeah, the company, was that Skynet? <laughs> Check, it was... Uh, are we all going to... Yeah. Cyberdyne Systems? Uh, 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 <laughs> I, for some reason, it, the company just like, is just like crossed like out. Story. It's just like a little, they're not allowed to see it. It's blurred. It's weird. That's <laughs> this does not bode well for us. No. At all. Demons what, what, are in trouble. What is the first thing you guys would print if you had a 3D printer? Oh. If I had. I would print a Tesla. Can I print a whole car? Because that'd be kind of awesome. Like, oh, it's really idea. fast. It goes from what zero to hundred in like six seconds. I to- I do. I definitely want one of those. Have you yeah. seen them yet? They look no. really nice. Yeah, I haven't. It's and nice. it's electric, right? Yeah, it's electric. The name so I mean, three D printer can print that all out, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. sure. Obviously. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what I want. Actually, I'm thinking practically no. that wouldn't be difficult as far as moving parts and electronics. Uh, a surfboard. I guess the materials are really. Ex- you don't go large scale with these, but. A surfboard would be pretty cool because uh, you wouldn't. It wouldn't be very difficult to model something like that. But couldn't you in just carve one out? CAD. Yeah, but it takes a lot of takes a lot of work. It takes a lot. Of, people gotta like you gotta get a blank I mean, and like shape it, it down, it. glass it, yeah, set it, and do. forget it. Exactly. <laughs> like I'm sure they could 3D print pretty easily with some kind of. I mean, like plastics and things are probably the the easiest. Yeah, sorts I think, of. So I if think you could just find something that's that's uh, watertight and and pretty lightweight, you could probably make a pretty awesome surfboard. I think so. It'd be a good surfboard, but it'd be the same cost as a normal surfboard, if not more. Well, but eventually you get to the moment. economies of at scale. Moment, yeah. You get to the point that it's not as expensive. And also, sure. like you might get a three D printer that only do half the size of it. So you'd have to print like two and, and stick then them glue together. It together. And then like when you wanted to print something out, out was like A three size on an uh, old. But then yeah, if you yeah. get a fight on the beach and had to like beat someone to death with your surfboard, <laughs> you could just print it up real quick. So that'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. Is that a, is that a thing people say about surfers? A lot of they fight with their boards as weapons. <laughs> Wait, yeah. that's not true. Yep. That's that's the. You've thing had to defend your turf, right? Well, when you have, you can see that board right there. That's the Costco Wavestorm. That's a hundred dollar. Mm-hmm. surfboard made of, made of foam so it would just be like a play fight at that point it'd be like pillow fighting with a and also so big it would be so hard because the air resistance would be right, so hard right, to swing right, through right, the air right. <laughs> it would be I think it would be an actually hilarious fight <laughs> yeah, yeah it would be slow motion foam. which All makes every fight better right? fighting is from what I've seen from Point Break did they actually hit people with boards? I in that thought movie? he did, didn't he? In that one, oh, scene I don't remember on the beach, that. You know? I guess I just can't imagine someone doing that because it would involve damaging their board. board. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> These are expensive. I have seen fist fights in the water. I've in the water? People, oh yeah, like people assholes. accusing someone else of getting their spot on the wave. Or... Seriously, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're joking, but yeah, that's the kind of assholery that goes on out there. It's for uh... real. Oh yeah, surfers are for all the like mythology of them being uh, laid back. Laid back like, and, like, some like, of the most like territorial. Uptight assholes. I mean, there's good people too, but there's a lot of pricks out there. Most of them aren't. Yeah. Um, I would print a boyfriend. You would print a boyfriend. Uh, Mm -hmm. No, I'm just kidding. The first thing I thought though was a bottle of whiskey, and then I'm like, that doesn't work. No, that's genius. You could print. Uh, And then I thought rent, and then I was like, printing rent. Yeah. Uh, The musical. (laughs) Yes. Yes. But but in 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 the entire cast. Yeah. Broadway production. Yes. Not like yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Not the movie. Not the movie, no. That was ridiculous. But actually, Oof. bottles, I'm surprised that uh, that's not a thing that, I mean, you could do some really fancy you know bottles what? pretty easily, or I bet. Or, like, corks, actually, because, you know, the cork tree is dying, so some Oh, is it? Cork. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, there, it's... Uh, Endangered? In the year... Is shortage? Whatever, yeah. But yeah. also, corks are being phased out now, like... Corks are being phased out because... The vast majority of yeah. wines nowadays are sold with screw tops, all those kind of plastic corks. The plastic well, they corks. are classier. 
That, like, this thing, I think the Corks only... are classier, not the screw top. What? Okay. <laughs> right? Just, I was just trying to get it went the wrong way. As far Bag. as the actual yeah. uh, taste, like, haven't they said that, like, Cor- it's it's irrelevant. Like I think it's it's now, and also corks are more likely to go bad, bad right. and yeah. cork your wine. Um, yeah, yeah mold on the more. It's only like, like a seventy percent chance that you'll have a good bottle. That's why something I like for that. Wow, uh, as opposed to a corked bottle. Wait, wait, which one? Sorry, which too low? It's seventy percent less. Seventy percent chance that you'll have a decent bottle as opposed to a corked bottle, which means that something has gone wrong with the. Oh, cork. corked as in okay. I'm That's sorry. The yes, you don't mean like a bottle yeah. has a cork that instead I of a. Yeah, no, no, no. But I didn't. I didn't know it was that. That higher figure, but um, I'm probably making it up, but it's okay. something like that. <laughs> but it's but definitely, like, like it's far more reliable nowadays. It's only like yeah. really particularly fancy ones. I think once you get over a certain price point, people feel like they have a cork because people feel like they should have a cork. Yeah. Just like you yeah. feel like you need to eat from a white spoon as opposed to a black right. spoon. Right, like, there's it, a perception, that sort of psychology, right. and I, and I'm sure I bet perception of the quality of the wine is increased by this I'm by sure. the theater the by the yeah. Yeah, especially if it's a screw top. Yeah, that's not as nice when you know the the, the bartender like puts the corkscrew in versus just screws it on. You hear that yeah. nice pop. Yeah, and that whole sort of you know get yeah. the, the the cork to smell mm-hmm. if you're yeah. real like white mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. I can't. Oh, here, smell my cap. It's a <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's, it, yeah. <laughs> that's that's more finger than cap right there. That, right. Was, huge, that was mostly finger. So speaking of oh drinking, boy, um, <laughs> we didn't really talk much about your podcast. All right, I just gave it a brief explanation. Oh, yeah. but, I thought uh, you were about to launch into another story. Which no, we don't no, no, have no. Time to do it at all. Yeah. No, we don't. We got to wrap yeah. up soon. But I was just going to give another plug for your podcast, which is oh, a lot thanks. of fun. You guys, um, you, uh, the, orig- the original uh, idea behind it was to it's four single ladies searching for love and the perfect patio to drink on in Ooh. Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. So. The four of us travel from patio to patio each week, and we have another comedic guest on each week, and we talk about, we dish, talk about boys, talk about girls, what's going on on the OKC, you know, nah. what's not going on on the OKC. Are all of you guys we on? Never got onto, we never got onto boyfriend-girlfriend conversation. The, I did the episode no, no, with Tone Bell. Yes, you but, did. But, but you, I had to go off to a, the Simpsons you, you, panel. We talked about butt rub in your throat. So we, did. we talked about I mean, butt rub in the throat. Uh, and then... Which you have to listen to the episode to work out what on earth yes. that was about. Uh, but after you left, we did get you into did. You got it. Down and deep yeah, into we found out who Tone Bell um, had made time with that weekend. There are a lot of good stories. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, Emmett Montgomery came on and told a story about um, uh, somebody he was seeing who uh, he thought was A-OK and then realized there were cats in his freezer. In her freezer. I mean, literal cats. Oh. Like, like oh, in yeah, the freezer. Story. Yep. So, uh, so it's a good keeper. time. Not all of the stories are like that. Yeah. Uh, I dished about that girl I dated who I met in an airplane who turned out to be a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. You'll have to go listen to Patio Patty No to yeah. hear the rest of that. Yeah. Did you? I mean, the big sign was clearly that you were in the airplane and she was just on the wing. Like, <laughs> 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 just yeah. a yeah. Toilet episode, through the flight. Yeah. Uh, that Twilight Zone monster. Yeah. <laughs> But it's nice because there are four ladies at different like level looking for different things. Like one just wants to kind of whore around, basically. <laughs> are you gonna name names? Or not? Uh, Sarah <laughs> and uh, and uh, Patsy's always looking for love. She just resigned because she has a boyfriend, and uh, Wait, she's she re- lost oh. several boyfriends because they listen to the show. So she's trying something <laughs> oh. new. Uh, maybe not putting her uh, relationship out on air. So. Uh, I, I learned that lesson the hard way. I was uh-huh. recently on an episode of Double Date with April Macy and Shane Moss, and I went on with April, and we were the first ex-couple that they've had on the show. It didn't I, I, actually I listened to it again? I didn't think it was bad, but um, kind of awkward. Some, did, did you it didn't feel like it went well. What's that? 
you overshared or some things got stirred I up? Yes, were- there were things that I didn't think were overshares, but maybe they were. So you can go listen to that. I'm not going to tweet it from my, uh, <laughs> this is the only plug you're going to hear me do for it. But um, <laughs> if you're curious about the history of our relationship of mind, you can go to Double Date with April Macy and Shane Moss. Mm-hmm. But yeah, is there is the risk? This is the risk we run. We it is the public risk lives, we run. You know, yep. this and, is, uh, uh, you can find us on uh, Patty O P A T A P A T I O H P A T I N O Patty O Patty Note dot com, or on iTunes. Nice. And Colleen, where can listeners find you or see you soon? Oh, or? Uh, I'm on. Uh, um, uh, sorry, I'm at You've Twitter. Colleen underscore Watson. Thank you for the yeah. support. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> I get nervous sometimes. Yeah, and then just Facebook or uh, ColleenWatson.com. Excellent. Uh, do you have any shows coming up in the LA or SF areas? Uh, I am leaving LA tomorrow. Uh, and then SF, I do have some shows coming up. And they are soon. And they are soon. They're somewhere in San Francisco. I know. Follow at Colleen underscore Watson to find out where they are. Exactly. Secret surprise. I don't want to just let it out there. I should keep it secret. I should have checked my calendar before I came. Mm -hmm. And do you have you have an independent Twitter that's separate from the podcast? Oh no, just the podcast. Yeah, you can. uh, See some pictures of boobies and whatnot. Really, lots of stuff on there. That's Patty cool. Ope, That's what our Twitter feed needs. Why don't we do that? That's because there hasn't been a good science story about boobs recently. God damn what? Or whatnot? There's we'll tons find of science stories about boobs. We've we tried writing them, enough. but <laughs> it's not you, have, you haven't looked hard enough. None uh, of the journals have accepted your papers yet. I don't know why that is. <laughs> Someday, uh, yeah. I never get a grant for my research. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's all about all the time we have for this week. But if uh, you are a science do- funder and you uh, <laughs> <laughs> would like to see more boobies in science, we've got some ideas we want to run past you. If you've got some money, you want to throw at boobs. Big fans. Which, uh, or some all- money you want to throw to support the podcast. Uh, yes. <laughs> Either. Yeah. Check our website out. The first scientific study that was funded through PayPal on a podcast website. <laughs> <laughs> Go to probablyscience.com and click on the PayPal button. Um, as, as always, like we said at the top of the show, uh, Tweet us at probably science or email us probably science at gmail.com with questions, comments, clarifications, or just to say hi and write nice things about us on iTunes and give us nice ratings because that helps boost our uh, figures and helps other people find out about us. Spread the yep. word, spread the love, spread the science, spread the Terminators. <laughs> Spread the cream cheese with a knife if you want it to be salty. If you do. And we'll see you next week. And spread nothing else. And we'll be next week. That's it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you.